Avast, me fellow potties. Set sail with hops and box office flops for one of the biggest bombs in cinema history. Cutthroat Island. Mihar! Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. In a move that almost certainly would have been better played on September 19th, International Talk Like a Pirate Day, we are here tonight to talk about the unmitigated disaster that was Cutthroat Island. They say names are destiny, and tonight on the pod, that's true, as I, Captain Cash, after a brief mutiny, have taken command as host of the pod. With me is my crew, the Thunderous Wizard. Yar. Very enthusiastic crew we have. <clears throat> You've had me swapping the decks for three hours. <laughs> and hailing from places off the edge of the map is Chumpzilla. Yar, me mateys. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and Box Office Flops. Thunderous Wizard, you can find at Writer TLK. And as always, you can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Uh, you can find Chumpzilla chasing that horizon. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Well, I would be better had I not watched this, but <laughs> so is life. Listen, listen, we would all be better for that, but that's not what... If that were true, there wouldn't be a show. I feel like... Um, that, but that's the truth, though. That is the God's honest truth. This movie was um, not good. I feel like not somebody good. cut off my scalp and carried it around for th- two weeks. <laughs> Wait, is that is that pig's leather? I think that's pig leather. Is that pig leather? Uh, well, so in honor of an extremely terrible, low-quality pirate movie, we are drinking an extremely high-octane pirate beer uh we are drinking tonight blackbeard's breakfast coming from the heavy seas brewing company in maryland uh this this beer will put a blast across your broadside with a timber shivering 10 percent abv it's a porter aged in bourbon barrels this buccaneer brew is a limited draft and only available in winter so nab it while you can drink up me hearty joe ho yar yar that's not bad Honestly, it kind of tastes like dragon's milk, which I like a lot. I don't know. So anyway. Well, I can tell you what. You're going to need all 10% of that ABV to get through this movie. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, that's, Moving on. Cool. Yeah. So just to give you some background, Cutthroat Island was released as a Christmas release in December 22nd, <laughs> 1995. What a gift it stars was. Gina Davis as the pirate captain Morgan Adams. Matthew, we really wanted Carrie Elwes Modine as Dr. William Shaw. And returning to the pod, Frank Langella, Skeletor himself, is back as Douglas the Dog, spelled D-A-W-G, and pronounced as such. Spelled just like the bounty hunter. And if you thought he was slumming it, yep. Masters of the Universe, you have no idea what slumming it is. Yeah. You, you need this, to dro- this drops it to a whole nother level. He is the dog. CDI, as I'm choosing to call it, because Cutthroat Island takes too goddamn long to say. 
uh, headed by the husband of Gina Davis, then Rennie Harlan, also director of the third best killer shark movie, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, shout out to Thomas Jane. So Rennie Harlan also collaborated with Gina Davis on The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, also not good. Also Bond, but I actually really liked that movie. See, I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it since 1996 when it came out. And then I remembered her name is Charlie Baltimore. So I'm like 65 to 75% sure the movie sucks because her name is Charlie Baltimore. So is she like Johnny Utah's cousin? No, it, it's essentially salt. Like she's a secret agent, but she has amnesia. Atomic blonde. Amnesia. Yeah. yeah. Atomic blonde. And at La one point Nikita? she straps on some ice skates and goes across a frozen lake and shoots somebody in the head. And Brian the, Cox keeps a gun next to his cocks. The cutting edge. Yeah. No, right yeah, now. I think it was a sequel to the cutting yeah, edge. Go. That's a good movie, and and we've played rugby with the uh, evil Russian guy. But moving on, as yes, we have, yes, we have. Uh, in yeah, that's a in different case, pod. This film also randomly features the eldest of the Malcolm Middle boys, Chris Masterson, as the ship's boy Bowen, and the angry judge from Ghostbusters Two, Harris Yulin, as Black Harry Adams, Gina Davis's father. And that's really all the more you need to know about that character. The Scalari brothers. I gave them both the chair. <laughs> That guy, exactly that. It took me forever to figure that out watching this movie. I'm like, who is that guy? He's on Ozark. Uh, Anyway. Or he was in the first season of Ozark. I don't know if he survived into the second and uh, the third upcoming season. He's often naked. Honestly. (laughs) The. Wait, him? The crew of the pirate ship is packed with like Shakespearean actors or real-time serious actors that just get zero screen time to do anything. Yeah, and I, I do have a question this whole was intended at to be one it. point, okay, but I will uh, wait to get okay, there. No, I'll save it for the end once we're done discussing the uh, shipwreck that is this movie. Oh, boy. Well, this was intended to be a Gina Davis career pivot to her as an action star between this and the aforementioned The Long Kiss Goodnight. It was produced for $98 million, which is like $165 million in now dollars, and earned back just a hair more than 10% of that at $10 million as the total <laughs> box office. Not and, a lot of booty. Again, I'll add, not a lot of booty, and I'll add, again, that the studio sees about half of that. Just. Yeah. So the st- yeah. Wow. They found the cave of treasures uh, and nothing was in it. <laughs> yeah, this was the Geraldo Rivera treasure map. Yeah. You open the chest. Nothing! Absolutely nothing! I am so sorry I missed that pod last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you recovered from your lupus, but I'd also like to point <laughs> out that compared to Goonies, that was a comically small amount of treasure. Not only that, oh, but it was oh, I know. clearly plastic. I've seen real yes. treasure yeah. in a Chuck E. Cheese like gift stand. Yeah. Oh. The the gold bars and fork knife look more real than that. It yeah. was absurd. The jewels were absurdly plastic looking. It yeah. is not not great. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, because of this massive failure, it actually bankrupted the production company that backed it, Carlco, they went out of business. 
It derailed the careers of both of its stars, Gina Davis and Matthew Modine, and was one of the factors that ended the marriage of Gina Davis and Rennie Harlan. So all around, this is this movie is cursed. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I would think that Gina Davis actually uh, sabotaged it on purpose. She seemed checked out. Oh, my God. I, yes. I think I think this is a passive aggressive notion towards the husband slash director to say, like, dude, this ain't working because I tell you what, her performance in this movie, it didn't work. No, it's bad. It's one of the worst no, by an actor of some prestige in a movie, maybe ever. But uh, no, like sh- her divorce from Harlan is is part of the reason she sort of went off the grid, but. Like one of the the more ludicrous things about this movie is that those two spent so much time shacked up in their bungalow together, they insisted on having large crates of V8 juice shipped into them, and that was like part of like the budget getting out of control. So by the time the movie was done, they just had a room of pallets of V8 juice, and they just gave it to the local people. They gave it away. They had nothing to do with it. It. There, we're going to get into the behind the scenes why all this failed, but yeah, it is insane stories like that that just riddle the production of this film. So, before, before we jump into the behind the scenes, let's talk about the movie proper. Uh, we'll go around the horn with our uh, one sentence synopsis. Thunderous Wizard, do you want to start with you? Uh, sure. A pirate captain in waiting. Shears her father's scrotum, I mean scalp, as he dies, and then carries it around like a, a sociopath for several weeks. I mean, that's no, that's accurate. Yep. Uh, Chumzilla? Sure. Okay. Um, Gina Davis and Joker from Full Metal Jacket star in a vanity project <laughs> that's essentially a poorly executed midquel detailing the misadventures of the Dread Pirate Roberts and his awkward love interest that somehow manages to cost more than six times than the Princess Bride, only to end up being at least a hundred times worse. <laughs> at least a hundred times worse. Yeah. Like, at least. The Princess Bride is a legitimately good movie that holds up today. This didn't hold up in 1995. This didn't hold up the two hours after it was uh, released. <laughs> oh, I know. Oof. Uh, My one-sentence this- synopsis for this pirates of the caribbean minus the fun and charm i will say this i had a harder time sitting through this movie than cats oh cats is way oh, more cats whimsical was fun. we fun. were drunk in a theater <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not saying this is a better movie than cats I, i'm saying it, it's a better movie than cats it's not a better experience than cats I, I, well i'm just saying i had an easier time sitting through cats than this yeah I, I, well, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that Cats is the better movie. This movie was more narrative driven and easier. <laughs> this follow. movie was actually a movie. Yeah, it was traditional in that sense. Person. Yeah, to a fever dream. But it was not as much fun. Cats was more enjoyable. I had more fun making fun of the cats than I had trying to slog through this. But this is technically, technically a better movie. I'm still surprised you would say it was easier to sit through considering you had that two-hour and 15-minute Taylor Swift cat homunculoid boner going on <laughs> for your entire... You just adjust it. You just put it right no, up no, in the waistband. No, 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 it's not no, so no bad. That's, that, that's, that was part of the fun of cats. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. 
Uh, it's an experience. It's an experience. Yes. And this is a lot of things, but it's the worst thing a movie can be, which is boring. There's just so little chemistry between the leads. Like I get, and we'll get into this more that Modine wasn't even the first or third or fucking 17th choice, but like him and Gina Davis, just like there is zero like chemistry at all. Yeah. At th- all. This is a keep cash in them checks movie where, they are not interested from the moment they enter frame till the moment they leave it. Ever. Not once. Not a single scene. Not a single line. Do they care at all? So the best parallel I can draw here is that when you see one of the hosts of Saturday Night Live that obviously haven't rehearsed the skit enough and they have to read the cue cards slightly off frame... And their delivery is a little stilted, and their cadence is awkward, and you can tell they're reading it and they're not reciting it. That's literally Gina Davis through the entire movie. It's almost like if her gaze is slightly off center, reading a cue card in the background, she's not engaged in the scene. There's no emotional involvement at all. She's just like, I'm going to read the lines, I'm going to hit the beats, and next scene, moving on. And That's she's it. the lead. Yeah. She's she, the lead. She's the lead. Yeah. And and um and what's his what's his face does his best attempt uh Modine does his best attempt to be Carl uh, uh, uh what's his name not Carl uh, uh Carrie Elwes Carrie Elwes yeah he 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 does his best Carrie Elwes impression through the whole movie and an excellent job Joker tries to hold this thing up but his shoulders are not broad enough it collapses around uh, the now, script just isn't there. good like it's a terrible script it, it's it's jo- it's George Lucas bad. It's prequel bad. I hate oh, yes. sand. It's worse. But but Frank Langella is having a hell of a time. Yeah. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. I'm not sure he's trying to be a good actor. I think he's just trying to have fun. And I appreciate he's, that, Frank Langella. He is skeletoring the shit out of it and making the most of it. He certainly yeah. relished the role. Yeah. He chewed the scenery, as they say. Yes. Uh, so... We'll do a quick plot breakdown just to give you a, a sense of how tremendously bad this is so we can spare you the two and a half hours. It is the golden age of piracy that finds Gina Davis's Morgan Adams, the daughter of the illustrious pirate family, the Adamses. Seriously, literally everyone in this family is a pirate. Morgan! Come to Uncle Carry Dog. On. Presumably, that does make her a Captain Morgan. I don't know if the stance is a requirement, but there we are. Um, she is in pursuit of her uncle, Dog Brown. Uh, Morgan's father, Black Harry, and her two bro- and his two brothers, Richard, a pirate not actually appearing in this film, and Mordecai Fingers, which is still creepier <laughs> than it actually is, but somehow sort of not creepy enough at the same time. Like, it's underwhelming that he's called Fingers. Like, he has all ten of his fingers, as far as I can tell. So why is he called Fingers? And I've just got additional questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's radio. They can't. They can't see you making the finger thing. It's creepy. Anyway. <laughs> oh, good God. The the three brothers all have one third of a map that they've split between them for some reason, and have, and have chosen not to pursue the treasure at Cutthroat Island. Uh, why is it there? Why haven't they gone after it? You're already overthinking the movie. That's that's the setting for this thing. Yeah, why has Dog not procured the other section of the map at the very least? Not the one on Gina Davis's dad's scrotum, but 
the one inside the eel barrel. <laughs> Who knows? Well, so to be fair, yeah, I've. Hold on, I have questions about the eel barrel. Namely, why do they have an eel barrel? We're gonna wait. We'll we'll get to the ear barrel. We're gonna get there. Moving on. Yeah, but to be fair, thunderous wizard, they do skip over Richard entirely. The the one brother that Dog yeah. has already killed and stolen his piece piece of the map. So they do kind of do that. Uh, what's not answered for me is he's Dog Brown. Not a Morgan. So does that mean he's Morgan Adams's maternal uncle? Like, how did that work? How is uncle by uncle by marriage? To whom? So her fictitious aunt. I don't yeah, know. I See, I've got questions. That's what I mean. In any case, uh, Dog Brown has kidnapped the uh, Gina Davis's father and is now trying to get his map. Gina Davis shows up, rescues said father. Uh, but not before the father takes a mortal wound. Uh, he reveals he's got the his part of the map tattooed on his head, which, uh, as we've been alluding to, Gina Davis promptly scalps her now-dead father. And he has to beg her, please, please, you, you've never done what I've asked before, but now, please, shave my yeah, head. Please, yeah. there's a... And not, not, not just shave it, but shave it and scalp it. There's an abundance of paper in this movie. Don't draw what's on my head cut the top of my head off and put it in your pocket now that does lead to the one running gag that i enjoy in that whenever anyone sees the scalped head they they opine is this pig leather that's the one decent running joke that's giving it too much uh, but that is absolutely it is it though is it it's a, it's a it's a running it's, it's a it's a running joke but is it good there, mm, it's yeah. Uh, no. But you know what? I'll, I'll give it credit. It is a narrative thread that does carry through. That does. does help the movie. Yep. Uh, so she then returns to his ship, the Morning Star, where she says, "I am now your pirate captain because your previous captain is dead, and that was my daddy." Um, they run into a little bit of a snag when they found out that uh, his portion of the map is written in Latin, and none of them read or speak Latin. So they immediately sail to Port Royal, where they find William Shaw, as played by Matthew Modine, a con man and flute and Latin speaker. I wasn't person quite who knows sure Latin. if he actually knew Latin or not, Doctor? because the whole premise of his character is that he's a liar. I know! That's my. That's one of the biggest questions I had about this. Yeah. They just trust him? Yeah. Wait, hold on, didn't, didn't they establish it wasn't actually in Latin, it was just written backwards? I think that. So it wasn't even Latin to begin with. Yeah, he makes up what he's reading, and then it's later revealed that it's just backwards. But, you know, being a terrible pirate that she is, she doesn't then murder him immediately for lying, or at least make him walk well, the plank. Which, which she did, like, awkwardly in a somewhat sexy fashion, stabbed his genitals at one point. So. Mm. I suppose that was her trying to make him. That is chastisement. You uh, know, play play ball and, and keep him honest. I don't know. Play ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, this does touch on the really weird, uncomfortable part. You, you, you know what? Can, can I just say something here? Because I'm not sure if it'll come up later. But their attempts at like the sexual jokes and innuendo and all that, I will say it was all done v so much better in 
uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The scenes with Indy and his dad and the Nazi lady, that was funny. That was well played. It was PG-13, but you, you still knew what was going on even when you were a kid. The stuff in this movie just seemed like she was into S&M. You're comparing apples to oranges, though. Like, this movie does nothing right. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm saying the sexual humor in this movie just does not land. She's stabbing dudes in the butt. She's stabbing dudes in, in the scrotum. And it's to be, like, cute and funny. It's not cute and funny. I think the whole thing's be- weird. For her to be into it, she'd have to move past that dead in the eyes. I'm just here for the paycheck. Uh, well, I don't it's, know. It's, it's hard to tell because she's got that that the, the sunglasses, uh, uh, sunburn thing going on. <laughs> oh, so I know. It's, it's kind of hard to read her eyes. Oh, God, it's so bad. So, I'm um, sorry. Gina Davis, you're good in, in uh, uh, A League of Their Own, and, and you're good in uh, uh, you know the, the Brad Pitt movie. But uh, this oh, is not. Oh, and her in Glow. She was in the most. Recent season oh, of Glow. Oh, she was Glow. Yeah, I was, no, talking, she, I was making I was making a Thelma and Louise joke, but yeah, this is not her finest moment. No, that's okay. Look, Gina Davis, if you're listening, we we in the pod here love and support you. Yeah, but we're still gonna call you on your bullshit, which is this entire yeah. film. Earth Girls Everybody's are gonna easy. get paid. I get it. Yeah. She was in, well, she was in her, oh with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Jim Carrey and the yes. Fly. Uh, what, what was what was the uh, what was the other guy? Uh, not uh, it's Damon Wayans. No, it's not oh, Damon it? Wayne's. It's it? uh, David Allen Greer. It's oh. Damon Wayne's. Well, they're both in they're both in Living Color. Yes. But it's my Damon Wayne's. No. Anyway. I, th- I thought it was the shorter guy. Okay, it's it's Damon Wayne's. Yeah. Yeah. Major Pain. It was Major Pain. Uh-huh. They're cool, both in cool. Blank Man as well. Uh one of my favorite superhero movies, right up there with Meteor Man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, this is also the oddest cute ever because we have uh, Dr. William Shaw being sold into slavery. Um, and his four er, and his three white dudes on the podcast. I'm not prepared to talk about that, but it feels a little awkward. There's a lot no? of awkward things about this movie, yes. But uh, certainly human trafficking is real. That it, that no one's arguing that it's a serious problem and if you can help fight it, please do. And so is white slavery. I just it's like, it, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's, not, it's just I, slavery. In any case, they do manage to buy Doctor William Shaw, but not before someone recognizes Morgan and they have to blow up the entire town, which is a recurring theme here. Uh, this earns the ire of Governor Ainsley, which is another bad guy who, which is the same guess. character from Pirates of the Caribbean, which borrows which, which one, heavily though? from this movie. Yes, the, the little schmuck that shows up at their wedding and has them both arrested. I mean, Trotter is uh, literally the same guy as the character in Pirates of the Caribbean that also decides being a pirate is more fun. Michael Davenport. Yes. It's like the same also- thing. So some of the plot actually works because it was later stolen. It is funny how much of this gets reflected in Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, yeah. but it's really weird to watch pirates do it where it's done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it possible for a film to rip off a film from eight years in the future? I'll just add that the explosions and the action sequences in this movie are ridiculous and excessive and yet somehow not satisfying. Yeah, it, everything is made of explodium and yet I'm, I, I feel nothing. It's hard to be yeah. satisfied when a barrel... Prop barrel hits Matthew Modine in the head, and he has to pretend like nothing happened. 
because obviously a prop barrel doesn't hurt, whereas a real barrel would have probably killed him. Dude, dude, he's been to Vietnam. That was nothing. <laughs> yeah. That was nothing. I'll, I'll take a prop barrel over talking trees any day, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any yeah. case, they then go to visit Fingers Uncle Fingers? Yeah, it's Uncle Fingers. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the fucking creepy. Uh, for his piece of the map, but Dog shows up, promptly kills Fingers, uh, and they find that uh, Fingers' copy of the map was in the eel barrel the whole time. It is a barrel full of eels. Ask your questions now about the eel barrels. Well, here's, yes, here's uh, a big question. Please, someone some explain that to you. You're going to leave the map, right? And by the way, wood has a tendency to degrade in a barrel full of water and wild animals. Instead of putting the map in a place where you could preserve it and make sure that the the images do not lose any clarity. Nope, nope. We're going to put it in this water-filled barrel full of eels. I will say, at least this scene has the best stunt of the movie, which is the guy with the basically scorpion spear for an arm yanking Gina Davis off the balcony as they do the tracking shot of her go through the table. It's the best stunt of the movie. Fun fact, uh, the British you know, film authorities did not like that scene whatsoever. Nunchucks, they won't have it. Yeah, they, yeah. they wanted that cut heavily. In fact, in fact, to get this movie like uh, screened in the UK, they had to cut out a ton of stuff. <clears throat> for whatever what reason... What is wrong they, with the British? I don't know, but, but they hated the cartoonish violence in this movie. They wanted all the sound effects cut down. They wanted some of the reacting shots. Sound effects are really bad. The punch sound effects are like... (laughs) But no, the version I watched was the uncut version, and it was still horrible. But it's worse if you get the edited version. But anyway. Yes. So so, so the guy with the the chain arm... It's not Scorpion. It's more Bionic Commando. No, 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 no. It's not... not, No, no. It's Merle uh, uh, from The Walking Dead. It's it's Rooker. No, it's not. It is not Rooker. It's no, not. but no, no, but he had the same he had the same contraption on his arm in The Walking Dead. He had that weird. If oh you, yeah. If you know about except, that, except then you watched that show chain. probably five seasons longer than you should have. Because I no, have no, no clue he, what you're talking about. <laughs> Michael Worker was like in the first three seasons. He was he was Daryl's brother. I'm Merle. actually that's how bad Merle the show Dixon. got. Like you owe no. yourself two good seasons of television because you hung with The Walking Dead for three whole seasons. That's no, that, how bad that, that, it is. No, that that show was good for like six or seven seasons. Bringing like it back, six to or pirate. seven minutes. Pretty good show. Bringing it back to the pirate film. <laughs> uh, Morgan gets her piece of the, uh, the Morgan gets fingers piece of the map. Blows her, up herpes fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just said herpes fingers. Yeah, he did I not. heard herpes. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, yeah, that's Morgan, taste in okay. the pod. That's taste in the pod. Three, two, one. Morgan gets Uncle Finger's piece of the map. Yeah. Uh, and blows up the town she's in promptly. Uh, again. In, yeah, again. Fake barrel. And in, the escape, yeah, and in the escape is shot and wounded, uh, which allows for the meat cute of Dr. Shaw to remove the bullet from her side. And it is at this point I want to talk about how bad both the dialogue and the acting is. Because Frank <laughs> Angela, in this scene, in the bar fight, where they get the the map is literally shouting, where is the map? Where is the map? Give me the map. Give me the map. Those are his lines. And he is trying really hard, 
but those are his lines. Okay, I would like to point out now, because I might have a chance later, those are not his worst lines in the movie. No, they're not. It gets worse. I would like to give I've you I've actually now, compiled it, some of them, if, if we want to go over too. worst lines of yeah. the movie. No, no, Mr. We'll, we'll, we're going to do a whole thing about the worst possible line, so we'll get Okay, it. I'll, I'll save it, I'll save it. All right. Moving on. Yeah. So, oh, it just, and Gina Davis's, as they're removing the bullet from her side or stomach, like her, her pain reaction is literally out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what, what the, f-? anyway. This was clearly. I found it strangely uh, erotic. This was a very, uh, like a one take, like, oh, you nailed it. All right, cut, print, yep, wrap, that's let's good. go. You said Al, yeah. that's, that indicates pain. Moving listen, on. Listen, guys, I, on. I got three cameras rolling at all times. I also fired the cinematographer we got to wrap this shit up. <laughs> so with two-thirds of the map, they're able to piece together where Cutthroat Island actually is. Dog pursues Morgan. There's a hurricane because it's a fucking pirate movie because, of course, there's a hurricane. One of the crew sends a pigeon to tell the bad guys where they're going. The rest of the crew mutinies because it's a pirate movie. Maury Chaykin, by the way. Yeah. Shaw manages to steal the last piece of the map from Dog so that Shaw and Morgan can find the treasure. We are treated to the cheapest-looking treasure hoard I have ever seen. As as has already been stated, Goonies was a million... Like, could they have not just rented the treasure from Goonies? That's got to be somewhere. It's literally a prop from a casino in Reno. Not even Vegas, in Reno. Yeah, not even Treasure Island. Yeah. That, that, that's straight up uh, Carson City. <laughs> Seriously, it, it looked like, uh, yeah, it, it looked like something you'd get from like a high school production. It's like it's that. Like, uh, hey, that, like, hey, can we borrow your Easter basket candy? Like, you had some shiny eggs. That, that'll work. It's whatever, actually whatever you got, extremely we'll reminiscent of the treasure you get when you get that $100 drink we've gotten at Comic Con called The Goonies Never Say Die. That bar doesn't exist anymore, and I'm sad. Which I'll post a, a video bar. of the opening of this incredible chest. So, so we're getting near to the end here. So move us along, uh, Captain Cash, because I've got some I've got some serious questions about this movie that I need answered. All right. Well, the good news is we can wrap this up pretty quickly. Uh, after they find the treasure, Dog finds them, forces them to jump off of the cliff in he, uh, into the tide, which is also required by every pirate movie. And it is terrible. Like, the CGI falling throughout this thing is terrible. It's not good. Not good. It was very dated. I wouldn't call it terrible. I'll call it dated. It was very yeah, dated. I, it, it was Dr. Doom falls into the water and the Corman Fantastic Four bad. It was Yes. It was. Uh, it looked like an effect 10 years past its prime. All right. I'll, I'll amend my statement. It was not bad for the time. It was we ran out of money bad. Yeah, that, that would be fair. Uh, once that's done, they all survive. Uh, but the bad guys have now joined forces. So the Royal Navy, the mutineers, and Dog's crew are all on the same team now. Morgan manages to retake her ship, the Morning Star. A ship battle ensues because, again, fucking pirate movie. Awful ship battle, too. So, yeah. like, unoriginal and flat. Like, clearly they overshot what they could do with two actual ships sitting in like a body of water because they're just like within, I don't know, 15, 20 feet of each other firing yeah, cannonballs. It's it's not great. It has zero visual tops. flair. Like, it's yep. unbelievable. 
And it's hard to see what's going on. The good pirates win, the bad pirates lose, and Morgan takes out her uncle dog with the worst pre-mortem one-liner in cinema history. Bad dog. Delivered in a way that I just... It will sear into your brain the second you see it. You'll be stuck remembering that bad dog. In the pantheon of one-liners, it was one of the worst I've ever heard. So... I'll ask a quick question here of the panel. What was the best one-liner in the movie? In this movie? I don't think there I don't think there was any good ones. I have a clear number 1. I I, I you know what I take that back. I have a clear number 1. Let, let me finish off the movie though. Okay, go ahead. The, the ship blows up. The good pirates sail to Madagascar. The end. They they find the treasure. The end. <laughs> now, uh I have my favorite line of the movie. Thunderous Wizard, would you like to give yours first? Uh, I'll give you my least favorite because I don't no, no. I don't have any favorites. Okay, that's a fine <laughs> thing. You can do it. There is none. Fair there, enough. There's uh-huh. only one answer in my opinion, and that is Frank Langella screaming at the top of his lungs. I love it! I love it! <laughs> he also says love. No. Who can explain it? Yes, that's on my list. I know you're out there, Morgan. I can smell you. (laughs) Oh, God. This is George Lucas' bad dialogue. All right. It is. I hate sand. All right, so here... If you're ever disloyal to me like you were to Morgan, it'll be my pleasure to cook you alive and eat you. Now get out of my eyes. (laughs) Uh, All right. All right, Chumzilla, what is it? What's your one? Morgan! Bitch stole my map. <laughs> that I I I almost fell out of my chair on that one. Like I I seriously like because the swear word and the it's just I'm like holy shit. They're t- Frank Langella is taking this serious. I I can't, I like that was wow. Frank Langella takes everything. Yes. Okay. And he and he murdered. It. He straight up murdered this. He was the best part of this movie. And yeah, easily. In all Frank seriousness. Frank Langella is the best part of everything. Okay, so, so hold on. So Frank Langella, if you are listening, we would love to have you on the pod just whenever you're free. Yeah, I would love everybody to come gather around uh, Uncle Nutsy's clubhouse here because I have just – I'm going to abbreviate. I have a list of questions. I'm just going to ask a couple of them. I'm going to hijack your pod, Captain Cash. Whoa, wait, wait, this is a mutiny? And this before any mutiny. good mutiny, I require more grog. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be back with more beer. Yeah, yar. Welcome back to Hobson Box Office Flops, where tonight we are talking about the 1995 tragedy, Cutthroat Island. <laughs> uh, general reactions, gentlemen. We've broken down the plot pretty well. Uh, what did we think of this movie? Uh, I'll start. It was bad. It was very bad. I like pirates, and this was bad. Uh, yeah, it's not good. And I, the funny thing is, I remember being 12 years old and seeing the ads for this and being like, nope, that looks straight awful. And I know Waterworld catches a lot of crap. Waterworld is infinitely better and more entertaining than this movie. Infinitely. This is one of the worst action movies that got, a, especially for its budget. For this to be a $100 million movie, 
that is unforgivable how bad it is. Yeah, I don't know where that money went. Um, I won't say that I don't know where that money went because the VHS. movie had some. <laughs> well, it had some pretty big, it had some pretty big set pieces. Lots That's fair. The movie looks pretty. Lots of experience. There's a lot of a lot of big stuff. A lot of widescreen shots with lots stuff of good in props. Yeah, sets dressed well. But they literally shot with three cameras in every scene, which is like it's just stupid. It feels small. It feels small. It feels mm. big, but it still feels small. And I will say this: I don't remember this movie at all. Listen, I am the easiest lay for pirate films. I remember this movie. I remember no. enjoying this movie. I was excited that we got to watch this movie again. Uh, I watched this movie, and I have some regrets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. But no, seriously, I, I this movie was not on my radar. In 1996 or whatever, five. Uh, I mean, it was December of 95, so whatever. I knew about it then. This movie did not register. Not at all. I was never interested in seeing it, and I probably never would have. Uh, I probably would have been more likely to play the video game tie-in than to ever see this movie. This did get an SNES. And a Game Boy. Multiple platforms. Yeah. And Genesis, I'm sure, so... So I'd like to take this moment here to make a brief aside as not a fan of this movie and not someone that was even aware of it in the contemporary period in which it was released. A mutiny on my pod, by God, sir. Yes, I am declaring mutiny here. So I've already mentioned that Gina Davis had that awful sunglasses tan line thing going on that just seemed weird. Was that intentional or just bad no, no, makeup? Not, what do we oh, think? that was just they fucked up. No, they just went on ba- vacation. Bad makeup. They shot a movie in a exotic locale, and her and her husband treated it as a vacation, from what I understand. And she legitimately had a tan line of sunglasses. Weird. Okay. So, and uh, I'm confused because you know I'm not the most perceptive human being so what was the point of her opening scene sleeping with the dude and stealing his musket balls was there was he significant was that guy somebody important i don't think that guy comes back but it was showing that gina davis is a free spirit who can bang who she wants oh well okay, it's 1995 enough. feminism it was a fair enough i i expected something to come of that and it was just that was just she fears no man regardless of station or influence and she got More the best balls. of him. She always has the upper hand in a situation. She was two steps ahead of him. It's just showing who she is. She's she's a pirate through and through. Yep. No, no, that's fair. Uh, but she's a scoundrel. She's a scoundrel. We have done a terrible disservice to the pod in that we have never mentioned she has a pet monkey. This whole time, what's she the, has a pet monkey. What's his name again? Oh. King Charles. King Charles. King, King Charles. Charles. King Charles so, pet monkey. Best I'll actor in the quick. movie. Oh, that that monkey is definitely dead by now. If it's if it was 1995, poor little out for King Charles. King Charles well, he, is dead, and he gets a ton of screen time too. Turns out they locked him in the box in the set in the set break when he had to hide when uh, she gets <laughs> thrown off her ship. <laughs> they forgot to take him out. <laughs> so so wait a minute, help me get, help me out here again, uh, gentlemen. How do we pronounce the Princess Bride guy's name again? It's Carrie Ellis. Elwes. 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 Carrie Ellis. Yeah. So, so was uh, Joker a better dime store of Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday or uh, Carrie Ellis? 
Well, he's not. I don't think I understand the question, sir. Yeah, he's not even close to Doc Holliday. The bad facial hair. It's the facial hair. Is, is he uh, Doc Holliday or, or is he? Uh, oh Prince, no, man. He, he's clearly channeling the Dread Pirate Roberts as hard as he can. Right? Is that not what they're doing there? If, That's if my he's thing. a Carrie Ellis character, I, I, it's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, oh, Dave Chappelle approves. Unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can um, speak an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, this was touched on earlier, and to your point there, Captain Cash, this movie has Star Wars levels of nonsensical accents. Nobody's accents make sense in this movie. It's supposed to be in the British Caribbean, but it's a hodgepodge of British accents, Cockney accents. Yeah. Bad Gina Jamaican Davis. accents. And and Gina Davis just not giving a shit. Yeah. Well, neither does Modine, though. Modine is just, they're, they're both. Uh, like he accent. tries to be coy with it. Tries. Gina yeah. Davis is straight up. It's like, I'm from Iowa, y'all. Yeah, it's she fine. is a, who's just a terrible actress? She's Dean, She's Gina Davis. No, and... she's, she's a good actress. She no. just gives a terrible performance in but this. She's, she's yeah. Gina Davis portraying a terrible actress, portraying Morgan Adams. That is what I choose to believe. Yes. So, so when she does introduce herself to uh, Joker's character, he offers to wash your feet. I took that as he's got a foot fetish thing. Oh, there's definitely a bunch of weird sex stuff running all through. Right. This. Yep. Okay. So, uh, moving on. Um, she also, said, "Sure, but still... only if you use the V8 juice." Yeah, and then and then she quickly stabs the dude in the butt. And tells the guy, now leave this place and go far away. And I'm like, wait, who wrote this? George Lucas? Like, this is bad. Like, all the dialogue in this movie is so bad. It's so dry. This dialogue is so dry, it's making me thirsty. And then it, when she goes to the, the brothel to steal the clothes, was that a lesbian scene? Did she take that lady back and seduce her for her outfit? No, or she's she a beer up. Pirates take what they want and they want what they take because they're pirates out searching for treasure. If they see any so, gold, so they'll she, steal so it she, away because they plunder so, so she, pirate so for she pleasure. Assault, she just assaulted that woman and took her clothes. Why not? Yeah, I mean, That's yeah, it. pirate. Okay, fair enough. And then I, I think All right, I'm this you one Captain more Cash, question. One more question here. So who whose career suffered the worst here? Uh, my opinion is that Christopher Masterson's career did the best because he went on to do Malcolm in the Middle. That's fair. My opinion is he rebounded the best out of the bunch. Gina Davis has suffered the most because her divorce and this movie's failure and The Long Kiss Goodnight's failure put her in a weird place from what I understand. But in a place of self-reflection, she tried to become an Olympic archer and almost made it. Finishing 24th yeah, I mean, 300 people. Was it archery or shooting? Archery. Archery. Nice. Uh, but obviously, like, I went back and I looked. Like, Rennie Harlan did not suffer for this. He went on to direct several more movies. What killed Rennie Harlan's career is he never made a good one, ever. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, trash. This movie, trash. Mindhunters with... An incredible cast, LL Cool J, uh, Christian Slater, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, and on and on, trash. He made a Hercules movie with uh, Kellen Lutz, trash. 
Long Kiss Deep Goodnight. Deep Blue Sea was great. Probably okay. But that, but the I thing is, I love Deep Blue Sea with LL Cool J and Thomas Jane. Just think and about how ludicrous it is that he made that was once considered the biggest bomb of all time by Guinness Book of World Records, and he was still getting eighty to a hundred million dollars to make movies, and he hadn't made one that was good. Nope. Believe me, I like all Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Nightmare on Elm Street Four is awful. It's awful. Here's the question, though. Did those movies make money? That one did, but that's because it piggybacked on Freddy Krueger. You know, like... Honestly, Mr. Wizard, Nightmare 4 is not that bad. Yes, it is. Watch it again. They take two established characters and they kill them in the opening scene. It's stupid. It's a bad movie. The Dream Warriors, great movie. All right. They also replaced the girl. (laughs) Let's call it. How many beers are required to get through Cutthroat Island? Give me a whole barrel of eels and a barrel of rum. This movie stinks. You can't watch it without drinking. It's beyond belief. Chumzilla? Well, I hate to say it, but this movie definitely requires at least the full six-pack, several pints of grog, and a fair amount of rum. Yarg! It's that bad. All right. Well, look, again, love pirate movies. Uh, I will go out of my way to seek out this genre. I have watched the pirate porn parody film (laughs) cut down to just be a pirate movie where it removes all the porn elements and it's just that. That's how much I thirst for the pirate genre. And for me, this is still a four beer film. I have a lot of questions about what you just said, but let me just ask you this. Was the sexless porn parody better than this ah it no but (laughs) wait no hold on but the porn parody wasn't of this movie it was of pirates of the caribbean yes no but just speaking in terms of pirate movies pirate porn parody yeah Yeah. well i mean that thing was hacked to the bone because they got rid of all the boning so Mm. so it was oddly there are a ton of skeleton 15 minutes long um Hold on. Give me a moment here. Captain Cash, did you not feel a slight bit of nostalgia for one of your favorite films of all time, The 13th Warrior, when you saw the torches running up the hillside with the pirates? I mean, obviously. I'm just saying, I saw that and I thought of you. My heart reaches out. The 13th Warrior is a legitimate good film that got some bad press. This this is not that. (laughs) Legitimately right, good so, film is a hard thing to say. Uh, we're sticking with this film. We're not talking about yes. John McTiernan's underappreciated masterpiece, 13th Warrior. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you say the 14th Warrior. Uh, well, I wanted uh, to ask, which, which of the pirate brothers do you think we are? Oh. Uh, you got to sign roles of the pirate brothers. Well, we already decided in the break that uh, Chumpzilla was Uncle Finger, so I think. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I was going to say Chumpzilla was Black Harry because he has a daughter, and that's the only defining characteristic that Black Harry has. And he's, that is fair. I accept that. I accept that. But you know, I, feel like, I feel like Chumpzilla being Uncle Fingers is the only thing that makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, it's destiny. I mean, very, very obviously, the <laughs> is the dog. Yeah. 
So I yeah. guess to me is black hairy. So that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you do have a I tattoo really on your scrotum, that. so it fits. I do have a tattoo on my scrotum. That's true. So that I mean, wait, head scrotum what, what, both. Oh, stop! Is it is oh, it a map? Is it a map though? Is the tattoo on the scrotum a map? That it's that's certainly true. a map to something. <laughs> Woo! Maybe not treasure. Treasure for me, perhaps. Treasure Treasure for me? Indeed. Uh, I I do want to say this, though. This this film was touted as the death of the pirate genre, but I call bullshit on that for a couple simple reasons. 1991 had Hook. 1996, the year immediately following this, had Muppet Treasure Island. We got Treasure Planet in 2002, and then we got the full revival with Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) So, but hold, I hold, hold, I it. hold up here. The best movie you just described in that little spiel was uh, the Muppet one. So, take uh, that no, as you will. No, no. Curse of the Black Pearl is legitimately a good film, and the only pirate movie that was ever made. I really wish they'd have made more of those parts of the Caribbean. Was film. it better than the Muppets, though? It did have Tim Curry, which is pretty great. Mm, All right, po- points Muppets. Captain Moving Phillips on. is a pretty good pirate movie. That's true. <laughs> But those aren't fun pirates. Those are weird no. terrorist pirates. Scary pirates. I was going to say no because of Waterworld, but Waterworld actually came out the summer before this. Uh, so. and, and, kind of a pirate. And, it is. It is. Made, I mean, it's on and, the high and seas. And made money. And made money. Did globally. Mm-hmm. Made money globally. Globally it did. That's the U.S. Fair. it tanked. Right. No. Okay. So I have a game we're going to play, and it's called Premortem One-Liners. For those of you not familiar, a pre-mortem one-liner is the quippy thing the hero says before he kills the villain. Or, you know, really anybody killing anybody in a movie. It's a quippy thing that they say before the murder happens. So here's how the game's going to work. I will give you a pre-mortem one-liner. For you to answer, you need to shout, Yar! I'll call on you. And then you need to tell me, firstly, what movie it's from. Secondly, you'll get a bonus point if you can tell me what character said it? Not, not what actor. What was the character's name? At that point, I will kick it to the person who did not get the yar to tell me who it was said to. So as you can't pull away too hard immediately. Hmm. All right. So as a practice round, yar. If I were to say, you should have gone for the head. Yar. Yar. To Chumpzilla. That was Thor. In Infinity War. So the answer was Infinity War, and it was not Thor, so you'd get one point for that. Oh, dang it. I will kick it now to Thunderous Wizard. I will let you steal as to who said it and to whom it was said. Okay. Since this is just the example, it was the roided-out California raisin, and he said it to the Australian hunk of man, Thor. So, in this case... The Thunderous Wizard would get two points. Here we go, starting with what I feel like is an easy one. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. Yar. Uh, to Thunderous Wizard. That's the dude from The Princess Bride. So, Princess Bride is the answer. Yeah. A Montoya. 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 All right, now I'll kick it to Chumzilla. Who was it said to? Andre the Giant. That is incorrect. We were looking for Count Runyon. Yes. Count Runyon. Yeah. Man. I also would have accepted the six. Alright, next up. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up. Yar. 
Yar. Oh, oh. got to give that to Thunderous Wizard. I am sorry. Yep, Blade. Yep, yep. By Blade, Blade to Deacon Frost. Oh, see, I, that was meant to go to oh, Chumzilla. Yeah. So I'm going to give Chumzilla the one because you said to who. All, All right, right, so it is four to one. Chumzilla, you've really got to tighten this up. We've got uh, another ten of these. <sighs> Wait. All right, next one. In the words of my generation, up yours! Hello, boys! I'm back! Chirp, chirp. Chirp, really? chirp. <laughs> chirp, chirp. I'm, I thought this was a... I'm, chirp, I'm, chirp. I'm a little lost here. Wow, okay, one more time. One more time. Okay. In the words of my generation, up yours! Hello, boys! I'm back! I feel like it's a horror movie, but I have got no clues. That, so. My God. All right. No, no. We'll, we'll wipe that out. That was Independence Day. Oh, Independence man. Day. Russell Cass is played by one fucking uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid? Yes. Randy Quaid. Yeah. That's played by Randy Quaid. Is said to the aliens right before he blows up the ship. True story. Wow. Uh, I've never seen Independence Day. So. I saw it once. Yep. I saw it once. Huh. In the summer it came out, I went and saw The Nutty Professor. And I did not cool. see Independence. All right, Day. moving on. Okay, this one's, I feel bad. This one's a little harder. So uh, here it is. Here's a hint. I'm willing to allow a, a quick, a pre, pre, pre-mortem one-liner. Uh, is that you? Here's a hint. Wait, uh... We've done this movie. Yeah. Is that you? Here's a hint. Oh, yeah. It's Is, is that uh, the Punisher I hear Thomas Jane? Here you are. Yar. Yar. Is that, is that the Punisher Thomas Jane? Oh, no, it's not. All right, Thunderous Wizard, can you steal? Is that you? Here's a hint. We've done this movie. Yeah. Us, us three. Yes. Uh, Yes, us three. It's blank name that I tell you, you'll immediately know it. Is that you? Here's a hint. Holy three. Oh, oh, is is this uh, yar? Uh, can I yar again? All right, I'll, I'll yar again to Chumzilla. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Is this? Uh, oh, uh, what, what's the uh, what was the Travolta movie from? Nope. Uh, You're overthinking. Look. Uh, I'm calling it Megatron. Is that you? Here's, Here's a, a hint. hint. Yeah. Oh, Galvatron. It's Galvatron. I, I was thinking. I think. I, I'm uh, thinking that man, was. I, uh... I knew that was a harder one, but I thought. Thought uh, to that. All right. No, he should no, have I should have. I've only seen that movie I, one I, time. I, so. I, I was thinking from from Paris with Love. All right. Okay. Here's an easier one. Get off my plane. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, uh, yeah. listen. It's it's Air Force One, and yes, it it's uh, President <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> so no no count on Harrison Ford, because uh, <laughs> it is President James Marshall, as said to Chumzel. I'll give it to you. You never. Uh, Alan Rickman. I don't know. No, You're close. Gary Oldman. Uh, 
Gary Oldman. As a, wow. as it was a Gary Oldman guy. channeling Alan Rickman. <laughs> same bad guy. Come on, yeah. Same bad guy. As Igor Koroshinov. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman channeling oh. Alan Rickman channeling. Yeah. So right now it is Gary fun. Oldman. It's Gary Oldman channeling Alan Rickman as Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, five, sorry. five to one. We are uh, uh, We are halfway through Chumpzilla. You are still in. You are still not totally pulled away from. You got to re- react quick. You can do this. Okay, okay. I got this. Right. Here's one. Remember when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. Yar. Yar. Ah. Oh. Chumpzilla. I'll give it to Chumpzilla. <laughs> what? I, was I heard Chumpzilla Yar first. Yeah, I did. I did. Technically, I did. No. Uh, so uh, that movie uh, would be uh, Commando, and that would be John Matrix. John Matrix. All right. Commando. No, no. Gotta kick it to Thunderous Wizard. He said it to Sully. Was it said? Sully. Sully. Yeah. All right. Six to three. You Sully with, his, Sully with his magic Porsche. Like a true pirate, you cheated me there. Uh, that's all right. I'll take I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. This one's a little trickier. I don't know if you'll get it, but when I tell you, you're going to be annoyed. That all you got? A cheap trick and a, a cheesy one-liner? Sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. Oh. That all you got? A cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner, sweetheart. That could be the name of my autobiography. One more time, I, I, I know it. That all you got? A cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner, sweetheart. That could be the name of my autobiography. I have a feeling I know who it is, but I don't know. What, the what Tom? What Thomas I, Jane movie is that? I need a yar. Is that The Mist? It's not The Mist. I can assure you. I'm pretty sure it's the mist. There, there are no cheesy, there are no pre-mortem one-liners in the mist. I don't actually. I don't know. I don't think. This is. Oh, have you seen the last scene? There's some pre-mortem. Woof, woof. Yeah, no, we're trying to have fun here. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Three, two, ER. <clears throat> All right. Kicking it to the thunderous wizard. What is it? Is it Iron Man three? It is Iron Man three. It's obviously yes. uh, Tony Stark. It is obviously Tony Stark. Yeah. As said to who? Yeah, it's the it's lady everyone. scientist. You're never gonna get that. It's yeah. not even the lady scientist. No, it's she's got the extremis. Extremis. Yeah. yeah. All right. <clears throat> Next Dwarf. one. This should be pretty easy. Long live the king. A uh, yar. Uh, we're giving it to Thunder's Wizard. It's uh, the Lion King. It is absolutely the Lion King. It's Scar. Scar. All right. Turning it over to Chumpzilla, as said to? Simba. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you even trying? Mufasa. Come on. Oof. All right. I don't, I don't watch cartoons. Well, it's they, the Lion King. They made a realistic-looking cartoon and changed none of the scenes. So none of the scenes. Oh God! <laughs> billion dollars. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take my loss with pride. All right, just a couple more to go. <sighs> Dodge this. Yar. Uh, it's under wizard. Is that dodgeball? No. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge this. Does Who gets say? murdered in dodgeball? No one. Well, he says dodge uh, this. I'm fairly sure. Doesn't doesn't White Goodman say that to Peter Lafleur? 
<laughs> I th- I thought that was what uh, what Lance Armstrong said. No, mm. that would be mm. uh, that would be the Matrix. The Matrix. Trinity says it to uh, uh, Agent yeah. Jones. A- Agent Jones. Dodge yeah. this. Isn't Agent, Agent Jones, Jones played by Longmire? I'm not sure. He's one of the agents. Yeah. Longmire. Is it Agent Jones or Agent Smith? It's Agent Jones. Smith mm. doesn't get shot in the head at that stage. What about uh, what about all Mr. Right, three Jones? Three go, and then we're done. Anybody? <laughs> Smile, you son of a bitch. Yar. Uh, over over to the Thunder's Wizard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jaws Brody. Jaws Brody. There, that is correct. To the shark. To the shark. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Chumzilla. There is no way for you to win this. You are just in this for your pride at this point. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm familiar with this territory, and I'm okay with it. All right. Very good. Last two. Here we go. I am no man. Um, I, I know it. Yar! We'll give it to Chumzilla. Chronicles of Riddick. No. No. All right. We're going to... I deal deal before no man. Oh, dang it. I am no man. Oh. Oh, it's... uh... I kneel for no man. Yeah, sorry. I got excited. I am no man. I am no man. Yeah, I I am. Uh, I know it. Here's your hint. Fool. No man can kill me. I am no man. Yeah. Uh... Oh, stupid. Yar, it's, uh, uh, it's Lord of the Rings, right? It is Lord of the Rings. The Threshold. Take us to the Threshold. It is... Is it Arwen? Eowyn. Yeah. Eowyn, the Witch King of Angmar. Yes. Eowyn, yes. All right. Last one. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to move this coin. Yar. All right, kicking into the thunderous wizard. Isn't it uh, No Country for Old Men? Mm, it is not. No. Call it, friendo. Stupid. More hints. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's Magneto. It is Magneto in first class. Yeah. Chumzilla, for your own pride, do you recall who he says it to? Charles? No. no. Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. We're looking for Sebastian Shaw. Blood and honor. Which one do you think you'll spill first? Well, that uh, that went thirteen to four. <laughs> I'm still. I mad. got four. I, I missed eight. You got four. I mean, four is not not good. He got. I felt like it he not... got two because I won the commando challenge. Yeah, he did. That's true. It's my. It's I will like really one admit of my that. Favorite movies. All right. Well. This is my this is my weak arm, Sully. Well, Thunderous Wizard, the proud owner of the treasure of Cutthroat Island, which uh, basically amounts to a bunch of plastic from 1995. There's definitely a lot of chemicals in that pre- in that plastic. Oh yeah. yeah, and a lot of V8, just like a lot of V8. Oh, it's if been you, if you marinating, uh, if you fill the treasure chest with V8, for the record. Now here's one of the things I found very absurd about the V8 story. Why not just buy locally sourced vegetables and have real vegetables instead of drinking fart juice like it's your job? V- V8 sucks. That is the. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, V8 is not bad. I enjoy V8. It's good. It's healthy. It's got 
two full servings of vegetables uh-huh. and fruits in it is not the uh, the worst thing in the world. Um, this podcast brought to you by V8. V8. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. I, I find its presence on the the uh, set of a Hollywood movie to be a bit strange. I agree. You can get it at Costco. You can get it at Costco. Shipping crates of V8 across the globe is ridiculous. Mr. Wizard, yes. Captain Cash, just in general, one of the things about this movie that I thought was kind of strange, I felt like the audio mixing was just off. I felt like the sound, the sound was off for most of this movie. It recycles audio for sure. Like when he yells, give me the map, give me the map. Give me the map. I, I choose to believe that's just Frank Langella doing it. That's how Frank Langella do. Fair enough. All right. Let's let's wrap this up. We've had a lovely time. For those of you playing at home, if you'd like a drinking game for Cutthroat Island, here is my recommendation. Drink anytime there is conspicuously bad CGI, mostly when people are falling. Drink anytime there is a pirate <laughs> cliche. That includes mutiny, chandelier swing, chandelier cut, rope cut with a weight on one end, buried treasure, any of those count. Man with tattooed face. Man with tattooed face. And whenever anyone says the name dog, you must immediately shout, dog, or drink. Enjoy the Fair game. enough. Fair enough. All right. Wrapping it all up then, uh, let us kick it to recommendations. Thunderous Wizard. You won the Cutthroat Island treasure, so we'll give it to you first. Okay, because this movie was so bad, I don't feel like recommending anything that would even be in the same sphere. I would watch High Fidelity on Hulu. I loved it. So I, was good I need to movie. check that out. Wait, wait, Mr. Wizard. The movie, or is no, there a streaming the show. show? It's a new show Ah. starring okay. Zoe Kravitz in what would have been the John Cusack Captain. role. She, uh, she's great in it. Uh, Plop from The Office is in it. He's great. I really enjoyed it. It's 10 episodes. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think it is as good as the movie, though. But it, it is a good time. And if you like the movie, you should like it. And it should cool. excite you that Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, aside from the fact that she may, in fact, be under 5 feet tall. I can't <laughs> prove that. But she, she's very small. There's no rules that says Catwoman no. has to be big. But True. She, she's Fair awesome. enough. She's great. In All show. right. Chumzilla, your recommendations. First off, I think we've glossed over this. This movie, the subject of tonight's pod, <coughs> Cutthroat Island, actually bankrupted the studio. Is that we not a bad? Oh, yes. Yeah. But I think what's important to note is the movies, this studio, before it was crushed by the failure of Cutthroat Island had put out. So bear with me for a second. This is funny because it'll tie into some things that are topical. Um, Future World. This studio brought us the sequel to Westworld. The cinematic Uh, sequel. Back in the 70s. Um, All three of the Rambo movies. Red Heat, which has come up in some of our previous pods. There you go. Uh, Field of Dreams, Total Recall, Jacob's Ladder, Terminator 2, oh, come on, that was a huge hit, Uh, Basic Instinct, 
Universal Soldier, Showgirls, that stings, and after that, Cutthroat Island. Uh, before before you recommend uh, Captain Cash, okay. here's a great behind-the-scenes tidbit. Arnold and Paul Verhoeven were working on another big-budget movie together. I forget the name of it. I apologize. And they decided, let's wait and see how Cutthroat Island does. We can't produce two big-budget movies at once. Cutthroat Island came out, bombed. They canceled the project with Verhoeven and Schwarzenegger. And so Verhoeven said, well, I said I'd make a movie for you guys. I guess I'll make this movie about a woman who moves to Las Vegas and becomes a stripper. That's the reason we have showgirls. Thanks a lot, Cutthroat Island. (laughs) Thank you. No shit. Thank you for ruining Jesse Spano. It's been a while since I've seen showgirls. If I've ever seen showgirls. I've Maybe we it. should do that. We should. It, it's it, it's it's worth documenting. But my point being, oh, anyway. So, yeah, this poor studio they suffered greatly with uh, Cutthroat Island and Showgirls. But my recommendation would be Jacob's Ladder. That is actually a good movie. It is. I think it's. It's slightly under the radar. I, I think a lot of people have seen it and aware of it. And it's like, it, it, it it's not great. It's not high art, but it, it's a good thriller slash psychological thriller horror movie. You know, it, it it's not straight horror, but it's... It's definitely under the radar by today's standards. Like, I don't think people talk about Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. You know? And here's where I'll, I'll go meta with it. I think Jacob's Ladder is the movie that uh, the Joker wanted to be. Did you see the prequel, though? Really haunting. Jacob's Stepstool. <laughs> no, but my, my, point, my, my, my point is there's a lot of the elements in the Joker that, 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 that carry over to Jacob's Ladder. Unreliable narrator... Uh, is it real? Is it not? Is it fancy? Is it not? You don't know. It's weird. I'll get on my soapbox here and say, I think Jacob's Ladder is a better specimen of the movie that Joker wanted to be. Just well, want to say. You can say that for like not, six not, movies. So. Yeah, well, I'm not saying. Here's the thing, though. I don't think Jacob's Ladder's ending is as satisfying or as uh, interesting as the Joker's. But I think it, it, it still mines the same territory. Uh, but here's, here's where I'll double dip here. My personal favorite out of this group of movies from the same studio that did, uh, this awful, awful pirate movie is deep star six. I really enjoyed deep star six. It's one of the, the, not the abyss. Yes, exactly. It's one of the also rans of the late '80s, early '90s abyss thing. I love that movie. It's a weird, yeah. cheesy horror movie. Yeah. So yes, uh, the better movie is Jacob's Ladder, but the cheesier movie is Deep Star Six, and that is from the sa- from the same studio that uh, <laughs> Cutthroat Island bankrupted. So there you go, guys. Sorry for that. That's my recommendation. That was a walk. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two recommendations. One that I feel like is relevant directly to this 
particular film and one that is not. Uh, the directly relevant one is I have been reading The Marauders. It's a comic book in which Kitty Pride, now known as Kate Pride, uh, is what? a pirate for the X-Men. No. Uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. Uh, I think they're on issue seven, so you're not that far in, and they're not that hard to get a hold of at your local comic shop. So uh, check that out. I enjoy the hell out of that. Um, and then the other recommendation I'm going to give is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, depending on where you're at. It could be called either. I caught that a couple weeks ago, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a fun movie. You should check that out. I'll Good double down on that. I'll double down. You should see Birds of Prey while you can. It was good. Or I would really like to see another one of those. At the very least, rent it. It's it's psychedelic John Wick, fantastic action scenes. Well, let's get real here. Where do you stack it up with the Marvel movies? Where's it fit in? I enjoy it. Squeeze I, that in. I enjoyed it a lot more than most Marvel movies because I like real practical effects and hard hitting action. No, no, no. Is it is it better than Guardians of the Galaxy? Two? Mm, not no. Uh, narrative wise, no. But the action's better than what? than most Marvel movies. Yes. Yeah, the, the action is really great. The action okay. is okay. Okay. I mean, the Winter Soldier's not... probably the only one that you'd be like, oh yeah, like this is great because these are real really? people fighting. Because I I literally watched some of the Winter Soldier just before the pod, and that that movie still holds up. Oh yeah, yeah. So I. I would put it at like a daredevil for MCU where it's because it's hard to compare it to things like Infinity War where you've got literal gods fighting. Yeah, it, it's small. The scale's small. I get it. Not I the get Ben it. Affleck yeah. daredevil, right? No, no, no. I meant the, I meant the Netflix daredevil. Wait, wait, wait. What other daredevil? A... No, wait. Is, there's another daredevil? Well, there technically has been three because he's in an Incredible Hulk movie. The Bill Bixby yeah, Incredible it's Hulk. It's true. In the ninjas. Yeah. Oh, you have the... the no, yeah, but like, no, I'm talking about the It's You, Daredevil, the one on Netflix. Legit. Yeah, it's, yeah Ben Affleck. It yeah. It's Batman. No, not Ben. It's Charlie Cox, but... Batman. It's much more in the vein of uh, John Wick or, like, the raid type stuff where it's people yeah. fighting, like, hand-to-hand, yeah. very few special effects... Action, action cam. Gotcha. I'm just a sucker for that type of action. I love it, and it's kind of you know it's nice to have special effects stuff, but it's also nice to have like oh here's a movie that's not that's gonna be it was only eighty four million dollars to make the movie, and it's fun. Only it's, it's Deadpool esque for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's com- that's a comparison that you could it, make. It's irreverent. It's irreverent. What you're saying? It's irreverent. She, she breaks the fourth wall. It's cool. jokey, jokey. It's a good ass time at the movies. Yeah, Go check that out. Nice, nice. That is, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Make sure to like, share, subscribe to the pod. If you want to leave us a, a review on iTunes, that helps us out a bunch. Um, do we know what we're doing next week? Okay, so yeah, coming up, we have uh, bad action sequels, and so we will begin with my choice. So I'll host that one, and that is Escape from L.A., the sequel oh, nice. to Escape from New York, which I haven't seen since the movie theaters. So I'm kind of excited to 
explore it again. I can't wait to see Kurt Russell CGI surf on a tsunami. Okay. Before we go, though, we have to have the debate. We established the Ship Movie Championship belt. It was won by Battlefield Earth, the reigning champion. Yet to even really defend hasn't been challenged. That's how good it is at being bad. I hated this movie. I am formally submitting it as a challenger for the belt. Now, I have reasons why I think it should win. And I am a yay. I am not an A. I'm telling you right up front that I am a yay. This should be the worst movie we've done. What do you guys think? I will. I am a nay, but I'm willing to give you your day in court, sir. Okay. Chubzilla? Well, this movie certainly has its deficiencies, and it is unsatisfying in many, many uh, categories. But personally, I don't think it quite reaches the level of Battlefield Earth. It's just not that bad. It's bad, it's clunky, but it's not that bad. You two are on the fence, but leaning one way, that being nay. But you have said you'll give me my day in court. I propose next week, at the conclusion of Escape from L.A., we have the debate. Bring your best evidence. I have mine. And we will discuss, for the first time, and hopefully this will happen more often, whether Cutthroat Island unseats Battlefield Earth as the shit movie champion of the podcast. Done. All right, Captain Cash, play us out. Drink up me heart is yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, Disney don't sue us for this.